Previously on the prompt. Is it okay for me to call you an animal? Because you are an animal. Uh, it depends on the animal. Um, it's a koala. koala. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Welcome to the prompt. A weekly panel discussion on technology and the culture surrounding Apple and related companies. It is August 28th, 2013. Welcome back to the world's greatest podcast. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined today by Mr. Federico Vitici. Hi, Federico. Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm very well, sir. How are you? I'm doing extremely well. So we have no Stephen today. Um, he had uh, a bit of a family emergency and concerning my personal hero, his son, Josiah. Um, so we want to send good wishes and, and good vibes to the Hackett family. Everything's okay, but um, they've just had a, had a rough day. Can I send good wishes in Italian? Please, I think everyone should hear that. Tanti auguri, Josia. That's much better. That's so much better than I could have ever done that. <laughs> because I know that you secretly practice your Italian accent in your in your spare time. Ciao, Federico. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> I have to. I can't help it now. Sometimes now I talk to to an Italian every week. It's kind of like get this the, voice. It's like the habit that you can kick. Right. It's. I know that this must this must happen with uh, with some of the listeners as well. Like I, I now read your tweets in your voice. Yeah, I get that a lot. You know, because people like every day now they say, "Oh, the best part of following you on Twitter is that I can read the tweets with with your accent." Okay. Yeah, the, I guess that's an upside of the of the podcast. So, of course, it is. It gives so, the tweet. It gives the tweets more personality. Mm-hmm. And you are, you are full of personality. Oh, I'm I'm glad. And uh, do you know? I mean, I'm sure you know. Did you see the 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 latest update to the Twitter app for iOS? Yeah, it just it came out today, right? What are they doing? <laughs> Did yeah. you see the? It's basically so uh, an update to the Twitter app came out today, and it's not version six because the the the, la- the last version before today was version uh, five point nine. So everybody was expecting version six, but actually they came out with version five point ten. Uh, which uh, introduces this new conversation view in the timeline. And uh, so basically, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, but you can see uh, conversations between people, even if you don't follow them, Um, right in your timeline with these blue lines connecting tweets. I don't know if it... From what I've seen, um, I've played around with it myself. Let's say, for example, somebody follows both me and you. Mm-hmm. And you tweet something, and I reply. In, and let's say you tweet something an hour ago, and I've replied two minutes ago. Instead mm-hmm. of you seeing your tweet an hour ago, and then you scroll and scroll and scroll, and you see my reply, it will now take my reply ah, and push it back up and push it to, to the original tweet. Uh, so the idea, I think, is actually a very good idea, um, but the implementation is always going to be a bit jarring to us because it's 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 changing the fundamental way that we've used Twitter for a long time. It's it's messing with the timeline, which is new. Yeah. Um, but I think that Matthew Panzerino makes a great point uh, at TechCrunch because he says that this feature is not meant for people like you and me. No. Uh, and I know that he has a point because for normal people who, you know, let's say you are an average Twitter user, you just casually check on Twitter maybe two twice a day or three times a day. And and I, and I guess that it's convenient to be able to trace back the original tweet like several hours after you after you last checked 
on your updates. Mm-hmm. So maybe you follow a few celebrities. Actually, you follow several celebrities on Twitter. You follow a few friends, few real human people, because we know celebrities are real human beings. So you follow a few friends, and you are able to see the conversation in, in its original context. Yeah. And I guess that they, they kind of have a point. This makes it a little bit more uh, Facebooky. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, that's that's a that's a great uh, way of putting it. Yeah. It's like you have a status and then comments on that status. Mm-hmm. So for the for the average user, that is more akin to what they're used to seeing. So you reply to something and it goes in underneath, rather than you reply to it and then it flies off somewhere else, like to a totally different place, and it's right at the top of the timeline. Which, in the, in that way, probably it you know doesn't make sense. If I believe personally, if Twitter would have always been like this. We would have, it would make more sense than in the way that we currently have mm-hmm. it, but we do it in a different way, so it doesn't, you know, we don't need it. I mean, I, I played around with the Twitter app, and I actually thought that it was quite, quite interesting, actually, um, because just because you can, it keeps things relevant, but I just, it is very jarring to see uh, <laughs> a, a visual difference like that. But it mm. is something that um, I would hope that more apps find a way to do, but can do it more elegantly. Um, hmm. if if it's something that Twitter will open up, like you know how uh, like retweets, for example, um, when the new style of retweet came in, we we didn't like that initially, yeah. but I actually think that it's a much better system. Um, so maybe it will just take some time if it's something that is able to be spread out into the ecosystem, which I doubt. I wonder if if this is you know. Can you imagine this feature, but working on iOS 7 with all the fancy animations and, and you know, kind of uh, nice bouncing of uh, physics? And, you know, I, I, I'm kind of just thinking ahead and, and, and wondering if, they are, if, if we're going to see version 6 of the app soon with, uh, you know, all these fixi- physics effects and I don't know. I don't, I'm I'm interested to see how because they, they, they these blue lines they seem kind of static right now. Yeah, right. They are basically these lines connecting tweets, and I'm and I'm wondering if maybe they could they could do some some nice animation and transitions between between conversation and I don't know. Like for example, like you see maybe some sort of indicator and you press it and like the tweets slide down like in yeah. a drawer or something, which mm-hmm. would maybe make more sense. So I don't know, just making it easier to to see it. Um, and to, to bring it up because I, th- I think the problem is um, me and you in, in Tweetbot we know to do the swipe right to bring the conversation view if we want to <laughs> see it how do you that. know I use Tweetbot oh come on <laughs> I know you use okay. Tweetbot yeah um, and then you know we, we're used to seeing the conversation view like that but maybe for again for the average user that that's maybe a feature that they can't really get their head around straight away. I mean, it is in Twitter's best interest to make the platform, especially the official apps, more usable for that user. We don't... I mean, that doesn't come and affect me and you, really, um, because I don't go near the official Twitter app except when they update, and I just go and see what craziness they've done, and I close it again for six months. I would actually use the Twitter app if it's for Google Chrome, and uh, and 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 does it even support streaming? I, I don't think so. Do you know right? what? I have no idea. I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, because I mean, uh, I'm just 
so used to Tweetbot and and to be able to open links in Google Chrome to have the streaming when I'm when I'm using my my iPad or iPhone at home and, uh, and uh, you know the possibility to 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 quickly copy uh, a link to to a specific tweet because I I yep. reference a lot of tweets in my articles so I'm uh, and yeah, uh, like you said, marker, the, man. I'm all about yeah, tweet the marker. tweet marker. Oh yeah, that's a, that's another great point. I just can't live without. Uh, you know, do you remember back in the days when when there was no tweet marker or <sighs> iCloud sync, and you had to to scroll back through hours and hours of of tweets and uh, and say, oh yes, this is the point where I left off. It's and like uh, yeah. it feels like some sort of alien world like yeah. it is insane to think that we that i used to sit there and be like scroll scroll this scroll, is scroll, this scroll. is something that i that i will tell to my to my grandkids which <laughs> I, you know you know i used to scroll through to tweets <laughs> <laughs> i was a brave man you know as See, much as i would i would wake up every morning and scroll through six or seven hours of tweets and that was awful and then tweet marker came out and, I, and, it, and it felt like some kind of tweet nirvana as much as i love the design of twitterific and i do love the design of it that is something that you kind of still have to do on that app even with tweet marker that they have they like you know when it pulls in the tweets with gap detection yeah they have to restrict the amount that they can pull in on the timeline they can only do like 200 max because because of the way that they implement the um the direct messages and the mentions in the unified timeline. Ah, they right. do 200 per thing. So you get 200 tweets, 200 at mentions, and 200 DMs, hmm. so, for example. And then that brings in – so that limits the amount that they can bring in in one go. So after mm-hmm. you do a few refreshes, it loses the place, and you have to scroll around to find it. Yeah, whereas in Tweetbot, uh, it, it's been very reliable for me. It's just because it's able to just pull in the tweets on yeah. its own. That's my yeah. understanding of why it doesn't work. Yeah. I've seen I've seen some some people talking about that in the past, but I really like the design of of Twitterific. Um, mm-hmm. But that for me that doesn't work because I as b- probably was the same with you before you like time shifted. Um, mm-hmm. Most of the people that. I follow are in America and they are most act- they are active while I am sleeping. So if I want to catch up, which I do like to do, it's what I do on my train into work on the morning. Is you know I read tweets from people. Um, I have to sort of refresh and get like maybe four or five, six hundred tweets to go through. Yeah. Do you ever think about the fact that being a Twitter power user doesn't exactly sound so dangerous? I mean, it's like it's not like you are uh, an explorer of, of a jungle or of a you know an ancient Egyptian tomb. You are a Twitter power user. I mean, when, when I think about it, it sounds kind of silly. <laughs> yeah, like that. Especially Twitter as a company tread so lightly and try and yeah. do everything they can to make people regular users. You said tread lightly, by the way. Oh yeah, look at that. Uh, that's a nice reference. Should we do a little bit of follow up? Follow up. We don't have uh, we don't have too much follow up today. Um, one part was from is a, an app dot net um, piece of feedback from um, at Sakarina. Oh, Sakarina is, Sakarina. is a, a great fan. Yeah, um, and he's uh, we actually had this coming from a few people. 
um, and it was to, it was aimed towards you, Federico, saying mm-hmm. um, when we were talking last week about about games, we were talking about Steam, and you were saying about how um, when you, if you open Steam and found software that isn't games, it would be a jarring experience. Um, but we've had a bunch of people say that Steam does actually have a general software section with things like budgeting software. Yeah, and I think that I think my my point still stands because. Have you ever heard of Steam as a as a software platform? I mean, there is a, a software c- category, but it, it's not clearly the, the 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 primary focus of Steam. Whereas on the App Store, which w- these these uh, this is taken out of context, but I was referring to the App Store as a, as a platform where you can buy both apps and games. And on the App Store, you can see clearly that the the, the Apple is trying to advertise it as a platform for both apps and games. Whereas on Steam, this this software section is kind of you know tucked away inside the, the website, and I, and I don't think that clearly that's a that's a major area of development for Steam. I had no idea that they had a software section. Yeah, I mean, and did you see the the the, the, the apps or the programs as PC people call them that are being sold on the, on this section? I mean, you have. Um, uh, this is. I mean, I have the utmost respect for people, but. Cakewalk expansion pack, vintage keyboards. And I'm just reading out loud. Uh, oh, RPG Maker, that's cool. Uh, let's see, top sellers. Did you know about... Uh, oh, this is uh, a lot of Cakewalk expansion pack. Yeah, uh, I'm just looking around on this what is cakewalk? Is it like I a, have an idea what is a cakewalk. It must be like a music thing because they've got guitars, mm-hmm. modern strings. Oh, ACDC. I remember this one when I was on Windows. That's a photo manager, I guess. <laughs> so, have you ever used ACDC? No. Oh, man, that was a great program. <laughs> I'm serious. No, it's Back just because wh- the word program sounds funny <laughs> now. Back when I was a, a PC user, you know, dark days. Computer uh, program. You need yeah. a budget for is in there. Um, for you need a bu- I don't need a budget. You I, do. I, I, I know that that's the name of the program. Mm-hmm. You, ah, need, okay. you need a budget. I thought, I thought you were, you were talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need a budget. Oh, ACD. ACDC. ACDC. Yeah. I'm not talking about the bra- the band. Organize, perfect, inspire. Uh, where are you finding all these names? Because I can't see them. You have to so, scroll down. Uh, I don't want to. So anyway, <laughs> uh, thanks for for the feedback. Uh, but clearly, as you can see, this is not uh, this is not a, a focus of, of of Steam. Whereas on the App Store, you 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 open the front page and you see a, uh, you know hundreds and hundreds of apps and games coming right at you. And uh, and uh, and uh, so the point I was making is that given the 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 you know the the growing and, and already huge catalog of the App Store. I, will, I would like to see Apple experimenting with different ways to, to organize apps and games. Because right now, it's kind of all of a big mess, you know? So you have all these apps and games together, and the games are clearly doing better in the charts because, you know, games are very popular, and, and people love to spend money on in-app purchases, so the charts are all mixed with, with a lot of games, some apps, and of those apps, they are probably made by bigger uh, developer names than, than than independent developers. So you see the Facebook, you see Evernote, you see Google, and it's kind of you know it's all a big salad of 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 games and and apps 
that are popular at the moment. So you kind of have to drill down in, in, in the categories to see the, the, the really, uh, the really good names. So if you, if you go in the, in the productivity category on, on the iPad, you start seeing, I don't know, maybe editorial, which is very dear to me, or you start seeing the notability app. So the front page is really a big mess. And I would like to see a better organization of, of all this content. Do you think we're going to get that at some point? It's been very similar for a very, very long time. Yeah. Uh, that's a thought question because um, I, I would tend to say yes because uh, especially the, 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 the curation team at Apple has been doing a great job with all these custom sections and, you know, and picking every week uh, a different app and a different game to, to showcase on the front page. They have, rela- they have rela- relaunched the, the, the category design on the US App Store. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, I'm really skeptical because the US team of the App Store has been doing uh, a very solid work, but for for instance, the the custom category design hasn't been brought to to to, as far as I know, to to any uh, international App Store version. Uh, I haven't seen the custom category design on the in the UK App Store or the Italian App Store, and um, the 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 front page features seem to be moving slower than the US App Store, and. Uh, Something as, as as big as reorganizing completely the way that apps and games are uh, featured and, and made available on the App Store, I think that that will require a major, uh, you know, a major uh, redesign of the App Store and, and the, uh, the entire architecture. So what's going to happen? Uh, let's say that we split up the apps and games. Okay, so we have an App Store and we have a Game Store, hypothetically. So what's going to happen when you search on the App Store for, for a game? So uh, Because out of habit, I'm just going to open the App Store and search for Angry Birds. Do I receive the Angry Birds game saying, you know, this is actually on the Game Store. So I got to open the Game Store. And what happens if I open the Game Store, which is a separate app or maybe a separate website, and I search for, I don't know, Mailbox, because I was told that there was a cool Mailbox, mailbox app. So as a as a... As a you know, as uh, as a blogger that has been following the App Store since its early days, I would really welcome a better organization of, of apps and games on the on the App Store. But practically speaking, uh, I'm not sure that that Apple could could do something better than than what we have right now, because it will require to to probably create a separate app just for games, and that doesn't make much sense when you're gonna use the same you know the same system anyway, because you're going to have to do double the work to, to have a, a separate front page for the game store, another front page for, for the app store. So I think that maybe the trick wouldn't be to, to, to completely split up, split up the, the app store. Yeah, and, I, think, I think Newsstand I think, shows that splitting stores is not a good idea. Yeah, because it's all kind of confusing, right? Not yeah. to mention the iBook store. So you have yeah. the, so what's and plus this is not like something that they can do like they did for iBooks and newsstand because iBooks as the books and newsstand as the magazines and newspapers. You can just create a games app on an iPhone and put games in there, you know, because people. I mean, just it just doesn't make sense. So you gotta have to use the App Store as a single platform. But maybe maybe they could they could organize the front page better, or they could you know 
maybe create separate charts for apps and games. That would be that would be a nice compromise, I think. So I think that we should probably um, move into the topics. Believe it or not, we've we've not even got into our first topic today. And no. uh, me and Federico, we've got some some things that excite us greatly to talk about. So should we should we talk about our first sponsor and then move on from there? Oh yeah. So I would like to take a moment to thank Squarespace for supporting this show. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that makes it really easy to create your own website. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code TallyHo8. Squarespace, I love them. I've been using them for years, and one of the reasons that I love them is because it makes it really, really easy for me to put websites online. It takes all of the hassle out. I don't understand things like hosting. I mean, I, I literally do not know how to host a website on my own. Squarespace take care of it for me. I don't want to troll the internet and pay hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars for a good-looking theme that features responsive web design. Squarespace take care of that for me. They have applications. They have customer support. So if I need any help with anything, they've got an amazing support team that work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They take care of SEO. If I want to integrate a store into my website, they can do that too. They have a drag-and-drop page-building system. So I can lay out, I don't need to know any code to lay out my pages. I literally drag and drop the elements around. I can add galleries. I can add um, social content like Twitter and Instagram feeds and stuff like that. I've set up um, for, for our other show, another show that I do on the network called Bionic. We set up a website called Volcana, V-L-C-N-R.com. You should listen to Bionic and you will understand. And I set that up on Squarespace very quickly. I've been having fun playing around with just putting the content on the site. and not having to worry about any of the difficult stuff. I want you to go and try it out for yourself. Go to squarespace.com, check out the awesome videos they have there, and you can see how different people are making their own spaces online with Squarespace. Sign up for a free trial. No credit card required. No obligation. If you decide to purchase, Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month and include a domain name for free if you sign up for a year. And make sure you get 10% off and support the prompt and all of 5x5 by using the offer code TALLYHO8. That's T-A-L-L-Y-H-O and the number 8. So go check out Squarespace, everything that you need to create an exceptional website. So we had a whole show planned out for today. Yeah. Um, but then Nintendo went and changed all of that. And <laughs> because Steven isn't here today, um, and mm-hmm. Steven is not not as much of a, a gamer as me, and, as me and you are, um, mm-hmm. uh, and, and me and you both have a, a distinct love for Nintendo. He's a player, but he's not a gamer. Yeah. <laughs> Remember exactly. that. Steven is a player. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you were saying... <laughs> And because me and you have a, we do have a love for Nintendo, um, I believe, I believe we share this, um, the, I wanted to talk about what they've done today. So mm-hmm. basically, I sent you a an, uh, an iMessage and was like, if, you know, oh man, it's crazy, right? And you were like, what? <laughs> what? Is, what's crazy? I was like, Nintendo are doing insane stuff today. And you're like, what are you talking about? And I was like, oh, they've got a... A 2DS, which is no longer 3D, it's all one uh, one piece, no hinge, it's $129. They're dropping the price of the Wii U and they've announced loads of games. And you were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so let's sum this up. 
Um, and there'll be links in the show notes, which people can find at 5x5.tv slash prompt slash 11, which will have loads of information about this stuff. I'm going to include also a link to a Federico's video game football magazine that he puts together, uh, which has lots of links to video game stuff. It's basically Federico's gaming link blog. Um, so you can see all of that there too. But let's let's start off with the 2DS, Federico. So... Um, what Nintendo have done today is they've taken the 3DS, mm-hmm. um, and which is currently in like a clamshell, so it opens up, there's a hinge. Um, they've basically put the two screens, one on top of the other. They've encased it in one solid block of plastic with the buttons on the, the edges. Um, it's like a cross between a tablet and the gamepad for the Wii U mm-hmm. and a 3DS. Um, it's no long, there is no option for 3D, which is why it's called the 2DS. Um, and as I mentioned, it's $129. Um, Nintendo have a ludicrous promotional video, which I'll also put in the show notes. Have you seen that video? Oh, yeah. Which is, uh, it's very, it's very Nintendo-y. Um, yeah. In, in basically families having fun, um, sitting around in very well-lit rooms playing uh, 3DS, you know, games of each other like that, Mario Kart. That stuff. clearly, clearly is a, is a typical scenario. How <laughs> games are being played yep. nowadays? Yeah, father and son playing their own 3DSs. Um, yeah, uh, on a on a corner sofa. Uh, so, I mean, initially, this screams that they're moving away from 3D. I think this screams cheap. Is that what you think? Tell me why. I think that initially my reaction was they are doing the, the, the cheap stuff now. And I guess to an extent, I guess that's really correct. But I don't think that it should be seen in a negative way. And let me explain. So traditionally Nintendo has been doing this uh, redesigned and, and, and cheaper version of, of portable consoles since, I mean, forever. Because they started doing it with, with, with the original Game Boy. They had uh, the Game Boy Pocket. And the yep. Game Boy Lite. Uh, Game I Boy recall. Advance. Game Boy Advance. Then SP. we had the, then we had the Game Boy Advance and yep. the SP and the various uh, various iteration of the color before that. Mm-hmm. And then we had the DS and with the DS Lite, the DSi, the DSi XL, and and you know and and, and now we are getting to the 3DS. And we've the already 3DS, got a 3DS XL as well. We have we have got yep. a 3DS XL and now we have t- the 2DS. So. Uh, just by looking at the thing, um, it seems cheap because it's all plastic and, and it's, it's not got the, the traditional clamshell design that we, we were used to in, in most recent portables from Nintendo. But I think that that's exactly the point. So uh, let me quote. Uh, this is um, the president of Nintendo America, Reginald Fulsane, and speaking to Kotaku, and he's saying... And really, from a target standpoint, this is designed for that entry-level gamer. For a family of four with two kids, when you're looking at spending either uh, $169 or $199 for two this holiday, now you've got a more affordable choice with Nintendo 2DS. So this is the point. They wanted to get to go after the, the market of uh, you know very young children. And they wanted to go after the market of children who's, who, who want 
a Nintendo DS because the new Pokemon game is coming out on October 12th and yep. they want to they want to tell parents that hey you know your kid wants to play Pokemon and we have this Nintendo 3DS thing but if you want to save money we've got this Nintendo 2DS thing which by the way you know you sh- you really shouldn't let your kid play with 3D games because you know if your kid is under 7 uh, years of age it's better if your kid keeps playing with 2D games and that's so actually that something it- that they say as well and that is some, yeah. th- something that they've been saying for the past three years. So in retrospect, one might even argue that they have been planning this move for a very long time, possibly waiting for the new Pokemon game, which we know is, we know is going to sell in the, in the magnitude of millions yeah. of copies. Because this is the first Pokemon game this um, is the first that Pokemon is 3DS game. only. For the 3DS only yeah. with, with, with new 3D uh, graphics and a new 3D environment. So all sorts Which of I new stuff. Which I am very excited about. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really scared. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to buy the game because I know it's going gonna, it's gonna to do the same effect to me as Animal Crossing did. So I'm just going to avoid these games because they become oh. huge, huge uh, you know, time wasters. And, and, and I'm not saying that because they're bad games, because they're excellent games. Yes, and, and I just I just can't put that much of time into a game these days. But anyway, um, so they want to sell this 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 console to to kids, and they want and 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 it's uh, first point. This is not something new because you know Nintendo has been making billions of cash in the past uh, twenty years selling portable consoles to kids and and, and trying to to cut costs down uh, every year trying to make versions of portables that could allow them to, to make a profit and, and have a cheaper version uh, and thereby uh, attracting, attracting new customers while selling games. Because, and now I'm reaching my main point, what most people don't get wh- when, when they compare Nintendo to Apple, for instance, and when they say, oh, Nintendo should make games for the App Store, Nintendo should make games for Steam because they could reach uh, a larger audience. What most people don't get is that Nintendo isn't uh, isn't uh, like Microsoft or, or other companies. They are excre- extremely unique. Nintendo is a game company, mm-hmm. all right? So Nintendo makes games. And the consoles, be them the, the Game Boy or the 3DS or the Wii or the Wii U, the consoles are really accessories because the, the, the consoles exist to make the games happen, to make the Nintendo's franchises happen to make the Marios and Zeldas and Metroids and Mario Karts and whatever happen. It's not like they make games to sell more hardware. They make the hardware to ensure that the games can exist. Yep. And this is proven by, by, by a simple fact. Uh, take the Wii U, for instance. So I'm not saying that the Wii U has been doing well, because it, the Wii U, we know, it, it hasn't been doing well. It's been doing extremely badly. With, uh, I mean, it, it didn't even reach... Uh, 200,000 copies units sold in, in the past quarter so the, the, the Wii U isn't doing well but they announced a price cut today so they are cutting the price of the Wii U Deluxe Edition by $50 so it's down to 299 bucks. correct? it is down to 299 yeah down by 299. $50 so um, and I'm going to send you a link to, to, to a forum discussion on, on uh, NeoGAF. And, uh, but basically the point is that people were, were uh, clamoring for a, for a uh, price cut of $100 or maybe more. What Nintendo couldn't do uh, is that 
The Wii U was already sold at a loss. So Nintendo was losing between $7 and $30, which is the, which is the amount that Nintendo makes when a third-party game is sold. That's $7. Because every time a third-party game is sold, Nintendo makes a, around $7 of royalties. And $30, which is the amount that Nintendo makes when, when a first-party game is sold. So Nintendo said that they were losing in between the value of a game sold with the Wii U. So let's say that Nintendo was losing between $7 and $30. The Wii U was already sold at loss, so to compensate, Nintendo would have need to, to, to sell games, you know, to, to, to recoup the money that they were losing on, on the hardware. But there's this guy on NeoGAF that did the, did the, the math behind, behind, the, behind all this uh, theory that the Wii U needed a price cut. And so he basically estimated that... Um, Given the numbers that Nintendo published with the, with the financial report of, of 2013, he estimated that today Nintendo has an attach rate of six games per console. So uh, Nintendo, to, to, to break even with the Wii U and the $100 price cut, it would have, they would have needed to, to sell six games to every Wii U console, to every Wii U owner. But the problem is that right now the Wii U has an attach rate, an estimated attach rate of four games per console. So if Nintendo cho- had chosen to, to cut the price of the Wii U by $100 and maybe more, that would have been money that they would have, you know, lost. And because as well, at the moment, more and more uh, third-party um, games companies are pulling Wii U titles. So exactly. this is so definitely not the time to, to try and sell more games. This is not like the 3DS, because no. uh, Nintendo knew that by cutting the price of the 3DS and by launching the Ambassador program, they would have had a smash hit by the holiday season. I think the, the, the situation here is, uh, is more subtle in that uh, Nintendo needs time. And they need a way to get through this holiday season and, 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 and maybe they're waiting for, for the cost of components to, to go down and to maybe start breaking even on a Wii U sold without a game. But I will actually look at another data point. And it's the fact that to date the Wii U has been sold with uh, two versions. Uh, the basic set, which is the white uh, Wii U with 8 gigs of storage, I think, and no game. And the deluxe version, which is the, the black Wii U with uh, 16 or 32 gigs, I can't remember, of storage. And Nintendo Land uh, as, a, uh, as, a, as, a, as a built-in uh, bundle game. And you get the uh, Pro Controller as well. And you get the Pro Controller. But what happens today is that Nintendo is cutting the price of the, of the Pro version down to 299 But the basic version stays the same. It stays at 299 does it make sense? No, it doesn't make sense. But Nintendo is saying that because the uh, the, the the channel inventory of the of the of the basic Wii U has basically been uh, it has run out, it's likely that they will discontinue the white version and keep selling the the the, the Pro Wii U at two ninety nine. So uh, and I think that uh, I, I will put a link in the show notes. Uh, Jeremy Parrish makes a great point that it's not like Nintendo is cutting the price of the Wii U. It's more like they're giving all the accessory and extras for free. So the, the Wii U is still being sold 
at a loss. But that's in, in the order of seven or maybe $30. But all the extra stuff, meaning the, the game and the, and, the, and the memory and the, and the controller, are you sure that the pro, the pro controller is included? Uh, yeah, I, think, I, be- I, think yeah, I believe it is. it is. Yeah, I believe it is. So it's more like the extras are being given away for free. And I think this is a uh, this is actually a, a smart take because it allows Nintendo to uh, you know to to try to get the Wii U in the hands of more consumers uh, this holiday season uh, without having to 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 go against this uh, huge price gap, which would have you know it would have forced them to lose money over time, money that they wouldn't have been able to 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 to, to make in any other way because. Right now, the Wii U isn't selling six games per console. It's around four games per console. So they are confident in their lineup. And, uh, and, I, and I think that this is really... Uh, uh, it, it really feels like the, the GameCube uh, scenario to me. They have this console. Not so many people are getting it. They don't know why they should get it over mm-hmm. a PS4 or, a, yep. or an Xbox One. Just like people didn't know... Should I get a, a GameCube? Even, you know, we have the PS2 and the Xbox, Xbox 360. So they have this, this console that isn't really clearly positioned in the market. And, um, and, and, they're, and they're saying that they need time, that they, they, they need to come up with more games and they need to, conven- to convince more, more third-party developers. And, um, but really, the... As a, uh, about the the two DS, and uh, and I'm really jumping between topics here. And uh, before you get, the, before we get to the two DS, I just wanted yeah. to, to just elaborate a little bit more on a point that you made earlier about the, sure. the main comparison between Apple and Nintendo. And I think it's because Nintendo and Apple, on the face of it, do a very similar thing. They make hardware and they make software. Yes, right? and they make those things exclusively for each other. You cannot get Nintendo software on anything else. Um, you can only put approved things on Apple's hardware, right? If you're looking right. at the iOS ecosystem especially. Oh, yeah. um, the difference being is on the face of it where they look like that, they, they work exactly the opposite. So Apple's software supports their hardware sales and Nintendo's hardware supports their software sales. And I, th- and I agree with you that like, that's where people find it confusing because they look to be very similar on the face of it, but that that fundamental difference is a is a is a big change. And and Nintendo I, they care more about their software than their hardware. Yes, and with I, Apple, it's I, the other way around. That and that's really the key point here. And uh, there was a great article in in a few weeks ago on on games industry, and um and I'm gonna give you the link later. And and, and the name is "What Does Success Look Like to Nintendo?" And so the the author goes to explain that uh, we should think of Nintendo as more like a not really uh, the typical tech or game industry company, but rather as a, as a toy company. So Nintendo makes toys. And Nintendo has the financial security and, 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 and the cash flow and the assets. Because let's not forget that uh, uh, I think that based on the latest uh, data, Nintendo has like uh, $14 billion in the bank. 
between cash and and long-term securities and that kind of stuff. I'm I'm not a Simco, so I I, I don't know the proper terminology. <laughs> but anyway, Nintendo has cash in the bank, not as much uh, as much cash as Apple does, but still, you know, cash uh, and a nice a nice uh, a nice Walter White like stash yes. of, of money. So they have the money, they have the financial security, they have strong ties with with the, with the shareholders, and uh, which means that you know. A lot of people on Nintendo's board are really, really close to, to the Yamauchi uh, family. With, uh, Hiroshi Yamauchi or Yamahuki, I don't know what, what's the correct spelling in Japanese, but is the former CEO of Nintendo. So it's really a, a family-based traditional Japanese company. So they have a very loyal board. They have very uh, different shareholders than what, that, that what Apple has. And... and um, Nintendo so is free to experiment with, with all these toys. And if a toy, which by toy we mean a console, doesn't work out, they can they can go back to their labs and try something new. So they're not making this all these these long term games slash entertainment plans like Sony and Microsoft are doing. Nintendo doesn't want to to, to to take over your entire house and, and NSA style, and possibly starting to put Kinect cameras all over your living room and trying to record what you do and trying to give you the TV and the sports and Skype and Steve Ballmer dancing on television and whatever that is Microsoft is doing. They just want to give you games, all right? And they want to make money from games. And so they, they, they create all these toys. And if a toy doesn't work out and, 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 and until they have the money, to, to back up their, 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 their strategy, they can go back and make a different toy. And this, uh, I think it's, it's, it's extremely well uh, explained by, just by looking at, 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 uh, at the revenue that Nintendo makes and the, the kind of revenue that Nintendo makes. Because in the past quarter, Nintendo made something like... Um, so let me see the numbers here. They sold... Uh, 1.4 million 3DS units. And you know how many 3DS games they sold? No. Do you know, Mike? No, I don't know. They sold 11 million 3DS games. So really, Nintendo is a company that wants to sell you the games. It wants to sell you the, 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 the franchise and the Mario and the Zelda. It wants, uh, it wants your kid to enjoy playing Mario and to know about Mario and to know about about all the characters of the Mushroom Kingdom and, and you know all the kind of all the kind of stuff. Nintendo is a company that wants to make games and the hardware is something that should support the vision of the game and the mechanics of the game. And and, and Nintendo didn't make the Wii U to showcase how cool it was to to you know to kind of move around your house with this remote in your hand. They wanted to, te- to they wanted to tell you how cool it was to play Wii Sports with your friends. They wanted to tell you the experience of the game, not the game console. They w- they didn't want to tell you how many teraflops or terabytes or gigabytes or whatever the Wii U had. It just they just wanted to to let you know that by the way, oh, you know, you want to have fun with your friends, come here and try Wii Sports. And that's really the point. So, I think that as long as Nintendo is capable of trying to reach the market that they want to go after, I just don't see why they should make uh, the experience of playing Nintendo games cheaper. 
And by making an experience cheaper, I mean something like making a Mario game for an iPhone. Or making, I don't know, maybe uh, a Wii Sports for an iPad. I think that Nintendo really values the experience of playing a game more than the hardware that supports the game. So, um, what do you think, Mike? Because I'm really going off with with all my thoughts here. No, this is exactly what I wanted. So, what I want to do, I want to go back and talk a little bit more about the 2DS and the hardware. And then I also want to talk about I want, to, I want to talk a bit more about Nintendo games on iOS. Mm-hmm. And I also want to talk a little bit about... I want to get your opinion on if you think that Nintendo are screwed in the upcoming console wars. But before we do that, I want to talk about our second sponsor. And then, right. and then we can clear the path for the rest of the episode to talk about those things. Because I think that they're equally very exciting things. Especially, I know that I know that everybody really wants to hear our opinions on uh, the iOS part and what we think about that and whether that's going to happen and why and what we want from there. Because I know mm-hmm. that everybody always asks for that. When can I get Mario on my iPhone? Well, we're going to get to that. But I want to take a quick moment to thank Shutterstock as well for supporting this episode. This is where Shutterstock.com, this is where you'll find over 20 million stock photos, vectors, illustrations, and video clips. Start searching at Shutterstock to find the perfect image for your website, ad, publication, blog, any project you create. You can find the images that you need at Shutterstock. That's because they give you a global image collection, so you can find images from all corners of the earth to suit your project. You can choose from image packs or monthly subscription packages, or you can even choose just to buy images on a la carte basis, so like one at a time. Whatever fits, your, whatever fits your needs, you don't have to compromise, you can do whatever you want with Shutterstock. They're very simple and flexible like that. Every time you visit Shutterstock, you're going to find new images because they add over 10,000 of them every single day. They don't nickel and dime you for getting different resolution files. If you need a larger size, you can get that. You don't have to pay once and then pay once more for a retina size and pay once more for this. You pay just once and you have access to all of the files um, that are with, you know, contained with that image, for example. You can very easily curate your pictures into light boxes. So as you're searching around the site and you're making searches, oh, I like that image, I like that image, you can save them to light boxes so you can review them later on. And you can review all of the images that you like in, in one. And you can also do this on their iPad application too. You can get enhanced licensed access if you need to run images on print um, or if you want to run them for commercial use and stuff like that. You can get that you can get that sort of stuff done. As well as images, they have vectors, icons, infographics, and video clips too. You can get 24-hour customer support and a dedicated account rep if you need it. Go sign up for a free browse account now at Shutterstock.com. No credit card needed for that. And when you find the images you like and decide to purchase, use the offer code PROMPT8. P-R-O-M-P-T-8, and you'll get 30% off any package. So thank you so much to Shutterstock. I have those uh, links already, Federico, so thank you. Oh, right. I've, I've found them. I used my, my magical Google skills to find yeah. them. Um, so the 2DS hardware then... Um, you 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 mentioned that you thought that it looked cheap. That was your initial uh, feeling. Yeah. Um, 
and and you know we've spoken a bit about how um it, it's good it's good for kids and uh steve steve Shrezze, um i i sort of marked a tweet that he said um it's easy for small hands to grip because it's like chunky um there's no hinge to break probably awkward for a child to run with makes sense which i thought was quite a, a nice way to put it um but i i think that it's quite an unattractive looking thing um and it looks quite awkward um and so i wonder what you think there like from a design perspective what do you think about the 2ds well just by uh looking at the photographs um i mean like you said uh, it doesn't really look attractive what i'm what i'm what i'm reading in in every you know in every first impression post today is that uh it actually is really comfortable to to hold with your hands so uh, maybe it looks kind of like a fisher price toy but maybe that's really the point right yeah. so they they want to sell this to, to to kids and so i think that it makes sense to to so, you know, can I have a more friendly? Because in a way, it's really a friendly design, right? It, it really looks like like a toy for 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 a kid. Yeah, it's nice and coloured and and stuff like that. Like it's you know. But but I'm also I'm also reading that the 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 D pad is more is more comfortable than the, the regular D 3DS, and uh, and and I have no doubt that uh, the the other quality of the buttons is gonna be Nintendo like. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, what really uh, stood apart to me is that it's not really two screens. It's a single screen uh, under, a f- under a frame that makes it look like it's two, two screens. Huh. So it's really a single touch screen, but the top one is covered by a layer of plastic. So it can't be touched. So it can't be touched. That seems so strange to me. Yeah. That and seems I wonder, like it would I, be more expensive to do. No, no, because uh, uh, basically, uh, I have the I, uh, I I read this interview with a, with a uh, with a vi- senior VP of sales and marketing. I can't remember the name of Nintendo, and he said that basically the the most ex- expensive part of the of the 3DS was the the, the 3G screen. Of, of course. course, so basically, uh, printing this kind of touch screens on, on uh, at, uh, at the supply chain isn't really expensive for them, so they can simply you know kind of cut a single screen even if it's a touch screen and then they can cover the top part with with a with a plastic layer and then they can put everything under a frame which makes it look like it's two separate screens so anyway nintendo is still able to turn a profit on this because according to to this interview which i will trust that you will find um was this the one with uh, scott moffitt Oh man, you're good. Yeah, it's yeah. that one. So, uh, c- according to to the senior VP of of sales, uh, this uh, is is a, is a machine that Nintendo will use to turn a profit this holiday season. And we can only assume that as the price keep co- keep going down, they will make even more profits from this. Assuming that they don't cut the price even lower, because in the same interview, the the guy says that it's not the 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 magical. Uh, $99 price point but it's close so we can only we can we can assume that maybe next year it's gonna be $99 yeah so yeah I, I don't think that it's attractive to to maybe to us because we're used to Apple quality of hardware you know we're used to the iPhone well, I th- 5 I and think that the 3DS is very 
I mean, you know, it's it's not beautiful, but it looks nice. It doesn't look uh, it doesn't look cheap. I've got one in front of me now, and it. I mean, it's it kind of looks like as I would expect. But thinking back, though, the original DS I thought looked super weird. I think everybody thought that that looked Which super one? weird. Which one? The, 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 the very original one, the, the silver th- one. You know, I really still love the design of the of the DS prototype that was the orange at- one. So was it? Uh, it was uh, orange. I think it was actually uh, uh, various colors, like red and blue and orange and black. Maybe, you know, the one that was shown. Uh, what was it? E three two thousand and four. Maybe uh, E three two thousand and three. Yeah, I the yeah, I know exactly the one that you mean. The they one had, with the, the one with the plastic decoration, the colored plastic. Yeah, they around, had around they had the a bunch screen. of different ones. So they had yeah. they had it in all silver, but they also had red and they had orange. Yeah, and this new two DS kind of reminds me of the of the of that. DS prototype because it's got all this toy-like appearance, which I think is gonna is gonna do well with kids. And 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 as Steve Strezza says, uh, the the fact that it that it that it doesn't have a clamshell design and that it doesn't have a, a moving parts, you know, it's really great for kids because um, sure you're gonna you're gonna have to make sure that your kid is using some sort of bag or pouch to to carry this around but i think that overall there's uh, a, a lower risk of breaking a 2ds than a 3ds Plus it comes it, with it, a little it, bag as well i think yeah 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 it's like uh 12 bucks maybe oh it doesn't 12.99 okay no it doesn't come but you can buy <laughs> you can buy one for yeah. really really cheap i guess I don't know. I never, I never, I never bought Nintendo bags for for my consoles. I have a, I have a little case for my 3ds. I always like my consoles and and, and gadgets naked. <laughs> and and I, and I don't want to take this analogy farther than this. It's business but, right there. Yeah. So we were saying, um, 2ds made for kids, very low price point out for the holiday season, out on Pokemon Day, but without a Pokemon bundle. So this is interesting, because they could have made, you know, a nice 2DS plus Pokemon bundle. So yeah, I haven't really... The official haven't really... line from Nintendo is they're saying that this isn't related to the Pokemon release, yeah. and that it's just a happy coincidence. Yeah, sure. <laughs> which doesn't make any sense, but even if it is a happy coincidence, make a bundle! <laughs> <laughs> you know, put a, a Pikachu on the back of one of these things and it will, yeah. you know? This is not a coincidence and I'm Steve Jobs. It's like they're making a a Legend of Zelda uh, Wind Waker Wii U. Yeah. right. They're, they're making a branded Wii U. They always do this. They do it for Mario. They have done it for Pokemon in the past. I don't understand why they're not doing it. I, I agree think, with you, it's weird. I think we're seeing a lot of interesting uh, stuff from Nintendo today. So with the 2DS, they're going after uh, the market of, of really young kids and parents who want, who want a 3DS for their kid. Maybe they want to buy multiple 2DSs for the holiday season, but they, wanna, they also want to save money. So we're seeing this approach with the 2DS. And then we're seeing the Wii U price cut, all right? But not a really uh, large price cut because we, we talked about this before. They wouldn't have made make the money back mm-hmm. but we're also seeing uh, the the bundle that you mentioned with with, uh, with uh, Wii U and, and Zelda with Waker HD so what's interesting there is that uh, if you buy a Wii U uh, with, with a Zelda bundle 
you're not gonna get the 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 Zelda games, the Zelda game like the physical copy inside. You're gonna get a digital code to download the game, which by the way comes out like two weeks before the retail. Yes, yeah, the first time they're doing this. Recently, so the, the, um, the, they've the, been releasing day and date, but now yeah. with with the Wind Waker, which is in stores on October fourth. You'll be able to buy it on the eShop on September the twentieth. Uh, do you think that this could be uh, the start of of a new trend by Nintendo to to kind of m- make people use the eShop more? Surely the eShop gives Nintendo more money. Yeah, because they right. don't have to to print out the discs and give a, a percentage of sales to to the retailers and to GameStop and. and so they should be doing. They should be doing discounts. It should be a little bit cheaper because currently it isn't. I think they should knock five bucks off and put it out a week before. That's what they should do for all games, and then they will start to push people through that channel more. So right now it's full price, but two weeks before. Yeah, right? yeah. But you also get uh, the legend. Of, what's the name of the the you know the 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 book about the Zelda series? The Hyrulea, whatever. Uh, hi, hi, I've always said Hyrule. Hyrule? Yeah, but it's probably... We'll put, that will be the thing we probably get the most feedback about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that John Syracuse will, will let us know what, what the <laughs> correct spelling is. But anyway, you also get a digital copy of, of, of the Zelda book, which I've always wanted, by the way, but not, not in digital form. So I'm going to get a, a physical one on Amazon, I think. So uh, this is really interesting because they're doing this uh, eShop approach with the Wii U. And I wonder if this is going to be something that we'll see more and more for the next major releases. So are we going to see this kind, this kind of approach with Super Mario 3D World? Or maybe it's the new Super Smash Bros? Because there's a new Super Smash Bros. game coming out for the Wii U and the 3DS. And they are separate games, so I'm wondering if we're going to see more importance given to, to the eShop. Because Nintendo's been traditionally kind of weird about, you know, the digital downloads and, and so they, they opened up a little bit more on the eShop in, in the past year, especially after yeah. 3DS, uh, the 3DS, uh, I guess you could call it uh, the renaissance of the 3DS. And um, so they're doing more stuff on the eShop and they opened up a bit more to, to, to indie developers, not as much as Sony, uh, but they still opened up a little bit more. So the eShop does have some ex- exclusive indie games. So this is another cool thing that they're doing. Uh, I guess what I want to discuss with you, Mike, and, and is whether you think that um, Nintendo should be should be taken in consideration with the same standards that Apple has. So, what because what I'm seeing today. Uh, and especially on days like this, when when Nintendo comes out with with with, uh, with new stuff and, and with news in general, is a lot of people in our community uh, saying, "Oh man, Nintendo screwed! That they, they, they should just make iOS games. They, they should they should you know call it quits like, like like other companies did. They should just start making the games for the smartphones and for the tablets because that's the future. Because they're missing out and because they don't understand a thing and because they're driven by bad management. And uh, and I think that personally that really betrays a profound misunderstanding of how Nintendo works. And um." And I, and I wanted to know from you, uh, if you if you if you are uh, on that kind of bandwagon that 
Nintendo should make iOS games. And if you think that the differences between Nintendo and Apple that I brought up before aren't really so important to allow Nintendo to, to, to continue on this road. If I answer your second point first, as, as you know, we mentioned earlier, Nintendo and Apple are very different companies. They work in very different ways. They have a totally different corporate culture. Um, I, I don't necessarily think that people should judge them the same. Um, they're in kind of similar but different industries as well. I mean, obviously, you'd more likely draw comparisons to Sony and Microsoft, Xbox, or you know, and yeah, Xbox and, and PlayStation. But even then, Nintendo are very different to those consoles. Um, you know, they 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 care so much more about first party games, um, and and yeah, the, as we said before, the hardware is looked at differently. Um, it's not really the the money earner for Nintendo. Um, so where I, I can see why people draw comparisons between Nintendo and Apple, but I don't think that the, even the corporate cultures can even be compared, let alone the products that they put out. Um, in reference to Nintendo games on iOS, it's I don't think we're ever going to see it. There was a an interview that... Uh, uh, is it Siguru Iwata? Satoru, Satoru, Satoru Iwata. Iwata. Yeah. Um, he he conducted an uh, interview recently with CVG, um, and I've got a, a link to a Polygon article about this in the show notes. And he was basically asked flat out, you know, are you going to make games for other platforms? And he quite simply answered that publishing to other platforms would purely be a short-term fix for Nintendo. Like, they do not Mm. believe that creating games for other platforms would give them anything else other than short-term profit. Mm. Um, And And it's funny that that you bring it up because uh, today, a lot of people are actually saying that the 2DS is a short-term fix. Whereas I think that they're missing the point completely yeah, the because two, the, two the, DS, the 2DS is exactly what Nintendo does. Yeah, this is how, what they have been doing, and we we outlined it right at the start. This is what Nintendo do and have done since the Game Boy. Yeah. Like, I remember when I was a kid with the original Game Boy, do you remember they had the Game Girl? Do you remember oh, the Game Girl? No. What is the Game Girl? So it's the pink one. Really? Yeah. But it's not an official name. They called it it's the like, Game Girl. Nah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I never heard of this. So I, I'm going to put that in the in the show notes. It was a pink. Um, I'm sure it was called Game Girl. Now I feel like I'm wrong because. Hmm. Yeah. Are you sure you didn't you didn't like get the the Chinese knockoff? I seem to. <laughs> I'm looking at it now. Oh, maybe I, it was the Game Boy Color, the pink version. Because the only pink version that I see is the Game Boy Color. I'm sure that there was a a pink original Game Boy. Hmm. We're going to have to do research on this. Yeah, I I think so too. Okay, I've got it. No, that's not it. But yeah, even even if it wasn't the Game Girl, they had the Game Boy Pocket, which was a smaller version of the the Game Boy. And I'm pretty sure they had the the Game Boy Lite at some point too, before the Game Boy Color. Mm Mm-hmm. So th- this is really something that they've been doing for, for the past decades. Not really anything new. 
if you've been following Nintendo. So the first point is that, see, yeah, the Game Boy Light was, was a thing, so I was right. So this is really new if you've been following Nintendo, and, and, and I guess that a lot of people who say, oh, Nintendo coming out with a 2DS, what a silly move. It's because you haven't been paying attention. And, 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 and before uh, I'll let you continue, Mike, uh, let me just say that in regard to, to the comparison between Apple and Nintendo, I think that the best way to put it is that they share some of the underlying principles, but the execution of those principles is completely different between the two. Yeah, that's the perfect way to put it. I feel like I have made the game girl up now, but I'm sure that it, like it's one of maybe those it was it was one of your secret, you know, maybe deep down wishes. You've always wished for a game girl. So I found a I found like a forum from like 2005 where some people are. Oh, it was a hoax. Uh, so it must have been one of those things that got out in the press. Oh. Huh. I get it. Okay, I'm going to put that in the show so anyone wants to read about that. So it's one of those things. That it's obviously stuck in my brain, but it was it wasn't real. Um, so yeah, they you know they've always done this with with the 2ds. Uh, so with with their sort of handheld games. So the 2ds makes sense, but more than do we think that there will be games on iOS. I think we both think that Nintendo are never going to do this. Um, I wouldn't want the game the current games franchises on on iOS like i wouldn't want to play mario without without a d-pad and physical yeah. buttons yeah there is n- you you i don't really like platformers on on uh on the iOS i don't really like the touchscreen a and b button um and i couldn't see it being a good experience so they would have to create something new well then that there's no point in doing it yeah, and, and, and I think that all these people that are saying that Nintendo should start making iOS games, they are basically going against their own opinion about Apple. Because it would be like saying that Apple needs to... Uh, what's a good example? So Maybe Apple needs to do some iCloud stuff for Android users. Because Android is selling more units, because Android is taking off in China, and because Android devices are, are everywhere, and they're cheaper, and they're more accessible, and they are the future because they're smartphones. And so Apple should start doing uh, apps and iCloud for Android. But we know, we all know that, that Apple w- will possibly never do that, because that would be, I think the right term would be, diminishing the experience for devices that they can control, for hardware that they, can int- they cannot integrate with the software, and for a platform that doesn't give them the flexibility to, 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 to own and control the, their destiny. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine Apple putting some iCloud stuff on the, on the Google Play Store? And can you imagine Apple giving r- the control of, 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 of some of, the, of the, the, their essential pieces of software to Google? So saying that Nintendo... And in this way, in, in, in this aspect, it's really similar to, to, to Apple's philosophy. Saying that Nintendo should should go on the App Store, it's really a short-term fix because they will make a, a truckload of money in the holiday season, and I'm sure in the following months. But that would hurt the Nintendo brand 
and the Nintendo franchises and the Nintendo image yep. that they, that they wanna that they wanna give to future generations. So if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna release games for the for iPhones and for iPads, and, and if you and if you give kids and newer generations a reason to believe that Nintendo games are cheap, they are everywhere. It's not like they are an exclusive thing, uh, like, a, like a premium product that you get on, on, a, on a specific platform. They're everywhere. They are smartphone games, just like any other, just like an Angry Birds and Farmwheel and whatever it is, the, the latest games that, that are, that's on the App Store. And that's, the, that's exactly the kind, of, the kind of thing that Nintendo doesn't have to do. So when, when Iwata says it will be a short-term fix, as, as, as a user that has been following Apple for the past... Uh, for the past decade or so, and for as an, as a Nintendo gamer that has been playing Nintendo games for the past twenty years, I tend to believe him. I one hundred percent agree with everything you said. That I, I cannot see there being any long term intrinsical benefit to Nintendo doing this. The only reason I could ever say that Nintendo should release games for other platforms. Is if they if they don't they fold, and they are not at that point right now. Yeah, Nintendo, like, like I said uh, a few minutes ago, they, they have a lot of cash yeah. in the bank, and they're still Maybe making money. Have, like they are still making they're, money. They're just not making as much as they have made. They're not making as much, and and 2012 was the only year when they posted an operating an operating loss, but they have been constantly reporting revenue and profit. And, and maybe it's not as as much as uh, money as it used to be, but nobody here is an, is denying that the 3DS and the Wii U had a rough start. Nobody's saying is saying that the Wii U is actually a great console with so many games that oh man I just can't choose. No, I, I'm, I don't live in a vacuum or, or some sort of alternative reality. I, I, we all know that the Wii U isn't doing well. But I'm saying that instead of having the, the short-term fix, and this is really a great way to put it, instead of having the short-term vision and saying, oh, you know what, Nintendo should just make games for Apple. That's really not the solution. Instead, we should have a discussion as to what Nintendo should do while staying true to their roots. Because saying that, you know, Nintendo should make games, makes game, make games for Apple, and Apple should just buy Nintendo, Oh no! Maybe Nintendo should start making Mario games with in-app purchases. That would be a really that would be something, yep. wouldn't it? Yeah, I don't I don't think that I I would very much prefer an analysis and comparison between Apple and Nintendo from people who care about the history of Nintendo, just like they care in other weekdays about the history and philosophy of Apple. Because uh, I think that many people out there are just opening their mouths and, 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 and shouting about possible strategies that don't make any sense. I think that we have just performed that analysis. I hope so. One last thing before... Uh, before and, 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 and just, let, just let me have yeah, that. Go. I'm sure that I, that I have some sort of you know, Nintendo bias because, uh, like I said, I've been playing for the past 20 years. But I'm also not that kind of gamer that doesn't, who doesn't, you know, uh, look on the other on the other side of the spectrum because I own an Xbox, I have a PS Vita, and I, and I just like games. 
I like playing shooters. I like playing Call of Duty. I like playing FIFA. I like yep. playing Nintendo games. I like playing everything. Yeah, right? I have a Vita and an Xbox too. Yeah, I, I just I am particularly in 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 love. I would say with Nintendo's way of seeing the the gaming market, and uh, and I just like uh, I like Apple and and, and uh, I love Apple Apple's devices. But I also try uh, other operating systems and. Um, but I also know that deep down there are so many differences between the game, the, the, the gaming market, and, and 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 the smartphone and tablet market. So you, ju- you 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 can own multiple consoles, but it's really unusual if you if you own multiple computers or operating systems, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like for for Nintendo's handheld platform, it is worth owning the whatever you know the current gen just to play Mario. Zelda and Pokemon. Those because you get a new one of those every year, and they are unparalleled experiences in each of their categories, in my opinion. You know, like the RPG, and then like the fantasy RPG, uh, and then you know the the platformer. You can't. Yeah. There, there are there are no games that come near to those Nintendo games. So you own that. I I I always own. The Nintendo handheld, so I can play those games. But before we wrap up, I want to ask you one last question. Yeah, and this is something that I am actually quite concerned about. With the Wii U, are Nintendo screwed with the upcoming console wars? Because the 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 PlayStation and the PlayStation and the Xbox have been more powerful and capable than the than the Wii line for many years. However. We are seeing now, which we have not seen before, which is a lot of first uh, third party, big third party uh, publishers are pulling out of development for the Wii U. So, like uh, EA will not be bringing any of the EA sports games to the Wii U. Um, they're not bringing Madden, I believe, is the first one. The next Madden version, they will not game. They will not have a Wii U version. Um, and I think I think Ubisoft are saying that they will continue to make. Um, some some games for the Wii U, but there are there are a bunch of publishers that are pulling out. With this sort of divide that's coming in capabilities, and with the with publishers starting to pull away from the Wii U, is this is this going to be as much of a problem as it seems to be on the face of things? Well, um, I think that so far the Wii U lacks that. Uh, unique and original feature that makes it stand out so when the ds came out you had this all dual screen touch technology which was really new when the wii came out you had, you had of course the wii remote and, uh, and 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 you had wii sports and and that alone sold the platform with the wii you the fact of having a separate controller that looks like a tablet but isn't a tablet that can stream games but not for several hours or days that has this nice screen but it's still a, a, a capacitive screen so it's really a series of aspects that are that i think so far haven't played in nintendo's favor and i think that a, that, a, that a big flaw has also been the fact that nintendo hasn't been able to to properly market mm. the, the the wii u and in fact, uh, and this kind of goes back to to the to, to the two DS 
announcement today. I think that the biggest problem that Nintendo has is a lack of uh, proper marketing and an explanation of their lineup to people. And, and I'm going to send you the link later, Michael, as you can find it uh, right now. The 2DS, 3D, 3DS, it's all a very confusing message, especially if you're going to sell this console to parents who want to buy, buy the console for the kids. And, uh, and so many people out there are saying, so I can buy uh, a Wii U, uh, or should I buy a Wii and then a Wii U game? Why can't we play a Wii U game? So I think that they really should have picked a different name for the console because the the, the old Wii U name isn't really... I mean, the Wii name was ridiculous when it was announced, but it's, you know, it, it kind of stuck in your mind, the Wii. The Wii U is kind of confusing because you have this console that kind of looks similar to the Wii, but it's really a new console. They didn't add a number to the name, like the Wii 2. That would, be, that would have been much better, I think. Or the Super Wii or something that makes you really, really different. So consumers are really confused about, about the Wii U, uh, about the Wii, U me- the Wii U's message. Why should I need this huge controller? Uh, and by the way, I need to exchange the, exchange the batteries. So should I get a battery pack? How, how long do the batteries last? So I think that and, and from what I've read uh, in, in, in interviews with uh, Iwara and Miyamoto, um, this is something that they are thinking about and, and that they should come up with a, solu- with a solution before Thanksgiving. They, they, they must launch uh, a new advertising campaign because they, they, they have to explain this better because people are confused. And by the way, did you see the, the 2DS uh, package? So it's basically, it's got uh, a sticker that says something like, the 2DS can play 3DS games without 3D. <laughs> so the, the 3D so kind confusing. Of, yeah, I mean, so they had to put a sticker on, on the box to, <laughs> to explain what this thing is. But I think that the, the idea is right. But some of the, of the message in terms of advertising and, and, and marketing to, 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 to consumers could be done a lot better. So is the Wii U screwed and is Nintendo screwed? I don't think that Nintendo is screwed as a company in, in the long-term console wars because, like I said before, Nintendo can always go back to the drawing board. I'm sure that they're thinking about this right now and they could come up with a new console next year. They could maybe offer a discount for Wii U owners. They could come up with an ambassador program for a Super Wii 2 or something. <laughs> All right? So... Nintendo, I don't think that Nintendo has the flexibility and the, and the capacity to, to, to rethink the strategy. And I'm sure that whoever thought of the Wii U will be fired, unless it's Miyamoto. But I'm really, really concerned about, about the, the fact that third parties are, are pulling out from the, from the Wii U's ca- catalog. And some of Nintendo's first party releases um, aren't as strong as, may, as, as they were with, with Wii, maybe. Because Super Mario 3D, 3D World looks like a Super Mario 3D land with, with multiplayer. And you have a Mario Party game. Uh, Mario Kart looks like, a, looks like a mix of the Mario Kart 7 and, and the Mario Kart for the Wii. Uh, there's, no, there's no Metroid, which, by the way, was a really awesome first-person shooter. Yep. And it really helped with the, with the, with the, you know, with the U.S. market and etc. 
So I'm I'm kind of worried about some first party releases, and um, I think that we, we will know more uh, after the after Christmas, and it, it will be interesting to see for me if they're gonna completely overhaul the, their marketing strategy because they should, and um, and it, and it's also and it's also interesting to to kind of bring up the fact that the 2DS isn't coming out in Japan. It's only a US product for now and and I guess they said maybe in Europe, but right now huh. it's a it's a US product because the the 3DS has been selling double the units in Japan. Yeah, it's doing fine in Japan. Yeah, so the, they needed this for 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 the for the US market. I didn't know it wasn't coming to Europe though. I guess they said maybe, I'm not yeah, sure. But it's, it's I'm sure that it's in not the States. Yeah, it's launching in the States. In it's not. Uh, they haven't announced any plans for Japan now. So uh, I really think that the, bi- the, the, the biggest flaw of the Wii U is the, is, the, is the message. There's no clear message. And the second one is that uh, I, I don't have a Wii U, but I'm going to get one because I want to play Zelda and all the other games. Yeah. I'm not sure about the utility of the controller, uh, of the gamepad. But I guess that... And, uh, and this uh, makes for a nice conclusion. It, it all depends on the software, on the games. Because right now, maybe I'm not seeing the potential of the gamepad because there's no game that, that really leverages the gamepad. All right? But if Nintendo, Miyamoto of the EA&D team and Nintendo can come up with this awesome idea that is impossible on any other console, that will really help selling the, the Wii U. Right now, it, it hasn't happened. And and the games that we've been given haven't been marketed well, in my opinion. So we'll have to to wait. And 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 uh, as for the as for the waiting time, that's not really a problem for Nintendo because the, because they have the money in the bank, mm-hmm. so they can wait. And they'll keep making but, more. Yeah, and um, they keep pulling a profit thanks to to the DS, and um, but it doesn't help the perception that people have uh, about no. Nintendo. So the longer you wait, the longer you're going to uh, look irrelevant to some people. And maybe that's not a problem for Nintendo, but it doesn't help in the press. So, I'm really pleased we, had, we got to have this discussion. I know that yeah. we've been wanting to talk about this stuff for a while. So Yeah. And, and uh, you, can, you can trust that this will not be the last time that we talk <laughs> about these topics because... They are near and dear to, to my heart, but even more so to Federico's. So if you would like to catch up with us online and probably argue with us, I expect to get a lot of feedback from this week's episode. Twitter is a really great place to do that. Federico is at Fetici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Federico writes online at maxstories.net. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of The Prompt. We have lots of show notes for you this week. Go to 5x5.tv slash prompt slash 11 and you will find those there. Um, and we'll be back with you next week. I hope you have a, an awesome rest of your week. And until then, say goodbye, Federico. Arrivederci. Bye-bye. <laughs>